0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned, as together we will study God's Word. Greetings, PCC. You can take a seat. My name is Tina Teng Henson. I'm a pastor in the region and a friend of your staff, and just delighted to be with all of you. Um, I also have a husband and three kids. We live in Santa Clara. This morning, um, I'm excited to be guiding you in the passage where Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And one thing I love about PCC is that you guys have cool stage lights. Like, check these things out. They have different lights, like colors, different intensity. You have these cool LEDs in the back corner. Uh, My husband actually did a PhD on LEDs, and so we know a lot about these. Um, But if you think back with me to high school physics, which I think I took two years of and didn't master, Anyone remember that light has some dual functions? So light has this funny property where um, it works like a wave and like a particle. It goes in straight directions, but it also is transverse. And so this electromagnetic radiation has this ability to kind of defy our understanding because it, it acts in funny ways. Hopefully you see this graphic. And so, yeah, stage lights have intensity, color, movement, and direction. Um, you know, if you go to one of those cool concerts like, that young people go to, they, it's always like flashing lights. It's really fun. Um, but light, light is fascinating. There's so much complexity to it. So when Jesus spoke to the people and said, I am the light of the world, do you think he was talking about like, being linear and transverse? like a wave and a particle, I don't know. But when you think about that phrase, I am the light of the world, I was joking with the, the team, I was like, you know, it's like those little votive candles, like how is Jesus like a little votive candle? You know, what does that mean? Like how, do we, how is he light? If you open your pew Bibles with me to John chapter 8, which is on page 1072, you'll notice a few funny things in the text. One is that everything before that, it comes in verse 12, everything before that is in uh, italics. And there's this tiny little bit that says the earliest manuscripts don't have this story. And then there's all this other stuff that comes after, and it's in regular print. I think my, my sense is that when the early redactors of Scripture were trying to decide where to, how to break up all the controversy that Jesus found himself in with the religious leaders, I think this story happened, and they put it here because they're like, this shows how Jesus is the light. We have to include it. But when, you, when we're going to look at the passage today, we're going to look at it in light of that italicized moment where a woman is caught in adultery and brought before Jesus in the middle of his teaching. We're also going to look at that in light of the fact of what comes after, which is that the Pharisees are trying to trap him. They don't like him. They don't like what he's about. They don't understand how he could possibly be this complex, beautiful light. And then we'll also look at the fact that this shows up in a moment where Jesus is standing in the temple, right where the offerings are put, right where candles surround him. The candle that's the symbol of God, Yahweh God, the great I Am, who was the pillar of cloud by day, and the pillar of fire by night, that guided the people of God out of Egypt into the wilderness and into the promised land, that light. So when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, there's so much nuance, there's so much texture, there's so much insight we can get from his passage. So join with me, if you will, John chapter 8, verse 2. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this So when Jesus says that he is the light of the world, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life, he's describing his ability to call someone to leave a life darkened by sin and walk in freedom from the condemnation of others who are as sin-filled in their own way. In this, in this moment, there's so much irony, like the teachers of the law, they're trying to trap him, bait him like he's a fish, you know, try to bring him in and, and accuse him. And Jesus is so aware that all the attention is on this poor woman. They're all standing there, you know, but Jesus was seated because he was teaching. So he gets up off of his seat and gets down really low. And I think he does that to literally draw attention from her to him. But he does what they're not expecting, and he, he gets down low lower than her, lower than all of them. And he makes them focus on him, not on her, and then on themselves. Let any one of you who is without sin cast the first stone. And I, it's so funny, the older ones go first and I think about my parents, and my grandparents, and I just think, yeah, after living a life, we're not as judgmental, are we? You know, You learn to live with other people, with greater love and compassion and greater intentionality about how to live. So Jesus redirects everyone's attention, almost like that, like he's like, I recognize there's a spotlight, it's on her, but put it on me for a second. Look at me, pay attention to me. So Jesus reveals what's really true in humanity. We'd much rather look at someone else's sin, point the finger, than look at ourselves. And notice we have three fingers pointing at ourselves. You know, we'd rather focus on, this political leader, or this person at work, or this thing in our marriage, and then self-examine and reflect, what do I have in my own life that I need to bring to God, that he needs to shine light on in me? So that's the first way that this statement, I am the light of the world, isn't just a, you know, a, a vinyl aphorism you can stick on your wall. You know? It's like, oh, it's just a nice idea. No, Jesus is the light of the world, the one who reveals truth about ourselves. He reveals our darkness and he calls us to find him and let him be light. But what comes next is interesting because I think they, the redactors took this story and put it here because a lot of John is Jesus describing who he is and people not understanding. And so one of the, the ways in which they didn't understand was they said the Pharisees challenged him in verse 13. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. You know, they're saying, you can't be your own witness. You can't be the one, you know, doing all these things, saying all these things. But Jesus answered, and and his answer is like laser beam direct, unflinching. He's so clear. Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. Jesus knows his origin, his source. He knows that he comes from the Father, the the creator who said, let there be light and there was creation. He knows that his ultimate destination is to go back to the Father. So he can say when people, humans are questioning him, he's like, I can testify on my own behalf because I know my source, I know my destination. I know the bigger picture, I know God. God. So then he says this, you judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. Just such a stark statement. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it's written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. Well, I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. My husband, John, has a jury duty in a couple of weeks. It's a terrible time. I'm not sure why they enlist men with three kids and a full-time job to do jury duty, but maybe it's to give them a break. So when John goes to jury duty, who knows if he'll get called? Who knows if there'll be a trial? I don't know, it's March 20th, it's coming up. But when people get put before trial in a Jewish court, you have to have two witnesses. You have to have two people agree on the same thing. You know, And it's funny, because when Jesus was on trial, they kind of brought trumped up charges from different people who didn't know him. But in this moment, you know, he's saying, I know in your law you need to have two. And he's like, well, I'm gonna call God as my witness. Who does that? Only Jesus. This is why he got in trouble, because people are like, you can't do that. You can't call God as your witness. He's like, well, I just did. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the father who sent me. And then they asked him, where is your father? Right? Because Joseph was his earthly father, but he had probably passed. And Jesus is like, You don't know me or my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. All right, friends, I'm going to get a little nerdy on you, but trust me, this is important. This whole series, the I Am series, is based on this idea of Jesus being God incarnate. Okay, so in this, um, in this image, this is going to show up in a second, there is this concept called the hypostatic union. Say it with me, hypostatic union. One more time, hypostatic union. How many have heard of this term before? Oh, okay, one, (laughs) two. The hypostatic union declares that Jesus is fully God and fully human. Now, this is questioned throughout church history. All of these um, diagrams on the side talk about all the different councils they convened to be like, who is Jesus? What is his nature? Is he fully man and fully God? How is that possible? But Jesus in this moment is showing that he says, God and I are distinct, two witnesses, me, God, but we fully agree, one. And that is the power of why Jesus can be Messiah and Savior. Why he can save is because he insisted He was God in the flesh. Are you with me? This is the bedrock of our faith, the hypostatic union. Jesus is fully God, fully human. Just like light is a wave and a particle. Just like light can move this way and that way. Just like God the Father could say, let there be light, and there was creation. And Jesus can say, I am the light of the world, standing around those candles who depict Yahweh God the God of Israel who protected, who gave his presence, who guided the people. Sometimes that pillar of cloud would hover over them by day, and the pillar of night by night would go before them, and sometimes it would go behind them. Literally, God's light protected them from people who were attacking the Egyptians from behind, and would go to say, go this way next. That's what the light of the world does. That's what Jesus is doing. He's saying, don't focus on the woman caught in adultery. Never mind the man. Who's, where's he? You know, focus on me and focus on the father. The father, I came to show you the father and the father heart of God is one of radical embrace of sinners, just like you and me. How is this so hard? Because we humans, we're so binary. We like things black and white, good and bad, right and wrong. And Jesus is like, I am the light of the world. I have intensity, color, direction, movement. I will pierce your heart and I will transform you as I do it. And I'll be beautiful as I transform you. I have a story to tell you. When I was a kid in first grade, I got glasses for the first time. It was really cute, those like, you know, plastic red rimmed ones. And every year I would get new glasses because my eyes would get worse. Then I got to high school and they were like, we can get you contact lenses now because you're in high school to offset your braces. (laughs) And I was like, okay. But what happened was they're like, your eyes are so bad. You can't have soft lenses. You know, those nice pliable ones. You need rigid gas permeable lenses, the kinds that are so hard that they prevent your eye from getting worse. Fast forward, moved to California and I found out my eyesight was so bad It was like medically necessary to have contacts, so they were free. I was like, that's great. But meanwhile, my parents were like, Tina, you know, you just got married, you know, you just moved to California, your sister just got LASIK for her eyes. You should do the same thing. I was like, it's like $5,000. That's too much money. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to spend that on me. And so I had my three kids, and every morning I'd wake up and I couldn't see their faces, but I was used to it. (laughs) Then pandemic hit, and I think I was like, all right, it's time. <laughs> I want to see my husband's face in the morning. I want to see my kids. And at that point, we could afford it. So I went to get it done. Now, LASIK eye surgery, has anyone else had it? It's kind of interesting. Here's the diagram, hold on. Um, basically, the guy told me, okay, we're gonna pry open your eyes and we're gonna shoot a laser beam in to reshape your cornea and you will leave with perfect sight. It's like, okay. When I was undergoing the surgery I had no idea what to expect, and the fascinating thing was, when they shine that light, I could see like red and green, like a particle, like particles and waves, and it was so piercing, it was so like you can't not look at it, you have to look at it. But the thing I didn't expect was that I would feel this like I felt loved by God. I was like, what is this? I'm just trying to have surgery for my eyes. But I felt this like this like pressure on my chest and like this sense of like God with me. And I feel like, friends, that's the kind of that's the nature of Jesus' light. He's like surgically precise in reshaping us the way we need to be, so we can leave and see rightly. He's that eye doctor who's like, you can't even see. you're so blind and stubborn. But trust me, I want to heal you. He can take a room of religious leaders who are caught on trying to trap him and trap her and say, look at the Father. What is he like? Well, if you look at me, you'll know him. That is the kind of light of the world that Jesus was and is. He brings that kind of insight, sight, ability to see rightly our hearts and those around us. To know Jesus is to know the Father. God, the Father, the creator of the universe, who said, let there be light, sent Jesus, the light of the world, into the world to save it. Jesus cried out in John 12, Whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus is the light of the world, the one who reveals our darkness. Jesus is the light of the world, the one who heals us so we can see then later on he says, You're going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. But believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. Friends, you are the light of the world. Jesus says that in Matthew 5. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Friends, how does the Bay Area need your light right now? I want you to think for a moment about a situation in your life where there's conflict think about it is it at work is it at home where is there in a tendency to judge and criticize how could how could you think of your savior who stoops down lower than all the standing people but points out the god of the universe friends How can we be light? I was thinking about in our workplaces, in our homes, but also in society. Jesus is so subversive, linear, transverse, wave, particle, all at once, color, intensity, beauty. Let's be children of light. Let's be people who can listen to a person in their story, listen well, people who will invest in children and families and relationships. Would we pursue the kind of justice that's restorative, not punitive? I want to see and know that you are reflecting on these questions. Finally, we we have to spend time with the light to become children of light. Endure the surgical beam if God has it for you. Know that even as he's reshaping you, he's loving you and helping you see rightly. Let's pray. God, you are the great I am. You are the bread of life. You are the light of the world. Um, You show us how to see. You show us how to be. God, in the time of transition for this body, you must be the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire for us. You must go before us You must go behind us. God, when we can't see, we look to you. God, I pray for PCC and its future. I thank you for those who are in leadership here. God, we pray your best for Brian, Missy, and their family. God, we pray for them. We trust that you are good and your love endures. And you have your purposes in all these things. God, help us to be light in a world that's dark. Give us creative ideas. God, In the triune embrace of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we find ourselves. And in that way, we can love our world and its complexity and trust that you know what you're doing. God, you are the great I am. We worship and adore you. In the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at WeArePCC.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for WRPCC.